0: the evening of March 22nd, 2023. It is basically 24 hours since Shohei otani struck out Mike Trout to wrap up the World Baseball Classic and win it for Team Japan in probably the most epic baseball fashion that we've seen in the sport as a whole and I don't even know how long. I mean, uh we've obviously had some some great Game 7 walk-off moments in World Series history. Um uh we've seen plenty of big big moments in the sport itself, but For the first time, we got a chance to watch an event that wasn't just your classic standard issue Major League Baseball uh, captivate the world and also set the stage up in perhaps the biggest fashion it possibly could be with two of the best players who have ever played the game and probably two of the best players who exist in the sport of baseball today. So that's where we are. Um, It's a week before. Opening day. The Cincinnati Reds have opening day on March 30th. This is uh, when this drops tonight. It'll be basically seven days before that starts. So um, we are we're doing our best to get caught up in the world of baseball, where it is now and where it's going to be uh, over the course of the next week. I'm Wick. I'm your host here at Walks Will Haunt. Um, thanks for coming back to join us. We had a little bit of a lull time. Uh, in part because it's cold season and I've been fighting through that as my two-year-old brought home basically everything she possibly could from Montessori earlier this week. So, uh, apologies for the deep voice and the sniffles and the inevitable cough that's going to happen here in a little bit, but we're going to power through and, uh, and kind of set the stage for, for what we've seen across the sport and what that means for the Cincinnati Reds. So, um, I think we there, there's no way we can talk about baseball right now without talking about the World Baseball Classic, despite what Chris Russo and, and Major League uh, MLB Network wants you to think about the event. Um, that was some of the most kick-ass stuff that I've I've watched. Period. It was electric. The crowd was electric. The teams themselves were having more fun than I think I've seen teams have play the sport of baseball at any level in a really 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 damn long time. And on top of that, the level of play was tremendous. It wasn't just that it was a big kind of exhibition event. Um, we were seeing tremendous hitting, tremendous pitching, timely plays, all that stuff. So uh let's start there. Uh joining me tonight, we've got Mitchell Clark and Brandon Creeling of Red Reporter Fame. Um guys, let's just jump right into some uh some world baseball classic uh uh events. TK. Um we can talk about Otani obviously winning MVP yeah. and doing the the two-way stuff better than anybody we've ever seen before. Um talk about him a little bit, but also what are your overall thoughts on where the world baseball classic kind of fit into this particular landscape and where it goes going forward after such a great display.
1: Yeah. I mean, man, what a, what an awesome event just in general, but you know, I, I feel like we, you know, have tend to follow it over at red reporter. You know, obviously we went to a game when we went to uh spring training a couple of years ago, had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but you know, it's, I, I think that it is currently like the best display for, Baseball—it's the best advertising you could possibly have for the sport, you know, around the world. And you know, you had a lot of you know countries like even you know Great Britain who kind of made made a couple of waves. They, I think, they won one game, um, and so you know they got their first win and had had some momentum behind it. So, you know, I I I th- said this kind of uh, you know to you guys, uh, but I am not sure that we're going to see. Uh, an event this season with that is better than that last at bat. You know, the, you know, ninth inning, three, two count, two outs, you know, basically the best hitter on the planet versus the, his teammate who's probably another hall of famer. Um, You know, it's just, I I don't know how we're going to top that this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was
0: was that, but it was also, I mean, it was the eighth inning. It was you Darvish, against Kyle Schwarber and Schwarber, fouled off what 5 6 balls all of which you could tell he was totally totally locked in on and hits and the then, home run and then, to set yeah. the stage for the night thing like we're talking about the guys that were in the world series last year um in, in yeah. we're talking in Polish, then, perhaps the but, biggest before Shohei Ohtani the biggest international star uh who came out of the 2009 World Baseball Classic also I mean it was like it was it was the, the biggest stars on the what i yeah. think might be the biggest stage. I mean, as right. big as the World so, Series. I mean,
1: yeah, we, if you look at how many, you know, I, I don't know if the numbers are out for the viewership of that yet, but, and even the game before that, you know, was the Japan-Mexico the night before, you know, Mexico is up 3 nothing, and Japan, uh, their new guy, the Red Sox guy, I, I'm blanking on uh, his name, but. He hits the you know three run homer to tie the game, and it kind of goes back and forth through the late innings, and it's just a like it's it was just an awesome game though. Just seeing that all the passion and seeing you know the excitement, and it's not something you ever get in March, you know, outside of basketball, right? So yeah,
0: Ma- Masataka Yoshida, who was the big uh, yeah, yeah the big Ushida. splash of the Red Sox yeah. offseason, yeah, Um yeah. I mean a walk off win there. Uh You know we saw. Yep. We saw the best players on the planet representing teams that we've not really paid too much attention to them representing, which happened to be their countries. Um, yeah. But, you know, and it's almost like you, you look at where where the entire sport has been over the last four-ish years. Pandemic, obviously, uh, you know, no fans in stands, shortened 2020 season, the lockout, um, you know, all of that ended up postponing the World Baseball Classic for a year, so we got an extra year to wait for all this it really kind of seemed like it's not baseball's coming out party, but it was almost like baseball's rebrand, you know, like it was a very big breath of fresh air to the entire sport because, you know, you never know when you're going to see some of that stuff. And like, you know, for, for all of us that, uh, you know, we watch soccer, we watch international soccer. You look up sometimes and you see uh, uh, some team playing on an Astro turf field somewhere and you're like, what is this? You know, whatever. Like there was none of that. Like it was, all at the highest level. It was the, you know, uh, tremendous players throwing their hardest, you know, uh, pitching on back-to-back days. Uh they weren't rotating lineups just to make people happy. They were playing their best players. It was it really was um a fantastic fantastic display and one that I hope they try their best to live up to again because it was one of the tremendous uh uh baseball moments I've I've watched. And I say that, you know, we're 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 here to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, so we are going to get to the Cincinnati Reds here shortly. I swear, um, right?
1: But well, it was, and, I mean, it speaking great. of the Reds, though, I mean, with all the you know how how did Japan win? Win? They won this tournament without the help of Shogo Akiyama. He wasn't even on the team. <laughs> how did they do it? How did? They I do mean, it? it's just a, a testament to the the resiliency of that team to not have their best, far and away their best player. <laughs>
0: There should be leadoff hitter. Um, uh, well, well R forty. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, we, we 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 talked right cash there for a little bit, but I know you got a chance to watch some of it as well. What were your thoughts on the on the World Baseball Classic?
2: Yeah, well, I was just thinking last night. I was watching. I was like, man, this is the most excited I've been about baseball in a while. I mean, obviously, we're all Reds fans here, and things have been pretty bleak around the organization. But even like with some of these World Series matchups we had, and like they've been there've been some great series and stuff. But I was you know, I was just like blown away last night by the atmosphere and just the level of competition, you know, that I was watching. I was like, you know, yeah, the the game ended with Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani, but the at-bat before was Mookie Betts versus Shohei Otani. Like,
0: right, right. and,
2: you know, Betts had a guy on base and like a chance to tie it right there or take the lead right there. And, you know, and so it was just like every at-bat was so much pressure and just such high level. Um, you know, For and I was thinking back to to the last World Baseball Classic. What was it, 2017, when the U.S. won it? And wasn't it? I can't remember the, the year off the top of my head. But, uh,
0: 2019, um, 2019, I think. 2019,
2: yeah, 2019, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was just thinking, man, this is like finally such a big event, and then like this one topped it. You know, so it leaves a lot of hope that they that they can build on that because it's actually gotten better every time they've done it, and it's not something that they've messed up. They've actually been able to build on it because. Um, I mean last the last World Day Ball classic when you know, you have Adam Jones uh Adam Jones robbing that home run and yes, you know, yes. and then the US ended up winning the winning the final by, you know, I think it was like six nothing or something like that. It was a, a pretty like lopsided victory. But then you go into this one and it seems like every single night each game was like really close, high level,
1: um yeah. there wasn't an awesome a, atmosphere. There wasn't like a blowout really. You know, yeah, like I mean, the later there, there were
2: a couple, you know, I, I mean, I think the U.S. blew up, you know, had a pretty.
1: Yeah, TBS is a second, Cuba second, and...
0: second game, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in
1: the later stages, like, like they were all really. Yeah.
2: Every single game was close and came down to the hmm. end. And like, you know, you just see the atmosphere in the crowd. And yeah, it was awesome. Like I was so pumped up last night uh, hmm. after watching that, because I mean, we like you said, like that may be the best like competition we get all season. Yeah, uh, which and I mean, is unfortunately is kind of kind of sad. Like, I mean, right? What's, what's going to top that? March, you know? But, but it, it, right, it, yeah. it
1: almost is almost like a soccer parallel, right? Just you know, the the World Cup being bigger than any kind of individual, mm-hmm. you know, soccer league out there. You, you know, there's obviously a debate there, I guess. But uh, you know, you have uh, the like. I, I it almost reminds me of like you know. It seems like because kind of the premier league and all the kind of international imports that, that kind of brought with it. And, you know, it kind of became a league of global, you know, superstars and it feels kind of like baseball is like on that same trajectory. And, you know, we're really, we're seeing not, you know, the home dominance of the, the,
0: the. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the U S team actually doing great things, but um, you know, they're actually, you know, other teams that are you know, out there um, and really kind of showing off their stuff. And, you know, you have, you know great Britain and <laughs> actually making that tournament and doing well. And it's, it's like, it's, it's awesome. That's all that's. Yeah. yeah you know, that's, that's all you can say about it.
0: And then let's let's even like to, to like take some of the subplots real quick, and then we'll—I swear—we will talk about the Reds here in a minute. But this was too damn fun <laughs> not to not to focus on the, the two biggest stories I think that happened in all this were Edwin Diaz closing out a game and immediately hurting himself and requiring massive knee surgery the moment after he just signed his his nine-figure contract with the Mets in, in the offseason. and some of the immediate reactionary stuff, which was. You know, why is he even playing in this? Why are the, uh, uh, the big league clubs risking their, their, their key investments in tournaments like this and exhibitions like this? Um, and kind of the, 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 the initial fallout of all of that, which immediately got great pushback as far as I'm concerned, which is that you watch the players have as much fun as they've had in their lives playing baseball. And that's why they're doing it, contracts be damned. Um, and so with that as the backdrop, to then see Shohei Otani, who's in his free agent year as the only two-way player in baseball, the best two-way player in baseball, one of the five best pitchers in baseball, and one of the five best hitters in baseball, if he hurts himself right now, you know, he, he, doing anything, I mean, he's literally about to get a half a billion dollar contract from somewhere, yet you're watching him running back and forth to the bullpen, to the dugout, so he can be ready to pitch while also be ready to hit. In a game, a one game, just one game against the United States because it meant that much to him. Um, It really kind of it it flushed that entire like reactionary view of like, well, why are these investments out there playing for uh, an exhibition and said, no, bullshit. This is this is baseball at its finest This is the best of the world stepping up to play uh, as passionately as they possibly could. I thought yeah. that, like that, because I mean, that all transpired in what, five days, four days?
1: Yeah, like, pretty much. And I mean, it, yeah. I, I think you brought up a good point. It's like I, this one is kind of the first one that felt not just like an exhibition. You know, I think yes. all the previous yes. ones, you know, we, you know, definitely followed them and, you know, I, you know, enjoyed watching them, but they still kind of felt like glor- glorified exhibitions, whereas this one felt like more important than... Anything going on in the world of baseball? Yeah, that, yeah. Well, you awesome. even
2: you look at the like while the Japanese team was celebrating, like you look at the reactions of the U.S. team. Like they're all just sitting in the dugout, like watching the celebration as if they had just lost the World Series. Like they weren't just like, "All right, pack it up, we got." You yeah, know, you yeah. To I, I definitely training. got that like,
1: feeling too. It was they, like they,
0: they were, were like... like
2: truly disappointed. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I will say. I will say. I think what with what, what this World Baseball Classic it gave us was, you know, for people that that watch 162 game regular seasons and then incredibly long drawn out five and seven game series uh, with expanded playoffs that keep expanding. um, It's often hard to focus on single elimination contests like this and feel like you actually got an accurate representation of how the teams were and how good they were. We got that you know, it was, it was, it was small sample size baseball, which is very hard often to, to trust in terms of like the results.
1: It was right. small sample
0: size baseball and it was still exactly how it should have turned out. You know, right. like I think the, I mean, the,
1: best, it, team, the best team won yeah, with the best player. Definitely. That, yeah. You know? um, when you, re- when you look at it, it's like, you know, you, they could have done three game series and stuff or, you know, but would that have been as exciting as the, you know, one game winner take all. Like I, it, it is almost like the NCAA tournament in terms of just like right, right. how yes. the, that yeah. structure just making for a more exciting event. And
0: if and, and if somebody gets hurt in three, yeah. in three, in three game, in your best of three series, then somebody's like, somebody's like, it's too long. You can't do this. You've got to shorten it. And right. then you worry the product gets diluted and all that other stuff. No, they they kept it as short as they possibly could, and it was still as electric as you could have ever hoped for. It was game seven every night with the best players out there, the best pitchers available and it worked you know it it really yeah. really worked so that was yeah. they
1: they found something yeah that
0: was, yeah no doubt about it so um team canada here we go as a segue team canada did not have joey Votto as their first baseman this year for i believe the first time since he's been a uh, a big leaguer um he has pretty much always represented team canada unless i'm overlooking a a, a year um they had to settle for Freddie Freeman, which was a uh, pretty, Darn. pretty good, pretty good one. A until he got hurt, also. Yeah, but um, we're watching the Reds up two nothing in the bottom of the fourth right now. Kirk Cassali, old friend Kirk Cassali, back back with the uh, the Reds for this year. Um, Joey Votto's back. He's he's officially back as of about a week ago. Um, he smoked a double in the first inning of this game, which is probably the hardest hit ball he's put in play in a Cactus League game since he's been back, but because of how the Reds have set up the roster with Kirk Casale and Luke Maley and Tyler Stevenson and Tyler Stevenson wanting to play a lot of first base, according to the Reds. Well, no, that's not, that's a bad phrase. He doesn't want to play first base. The Reds want him to play first base a lot more to keep (laughs) keep him healthy, but we've now got Joey Votto back in the mix. Tyler Stevenson trying to not catch more than 60 to 65 games. Will Myers, who was the big free agent signing. I say big with quotation marks here for all those who can't see me. Um, we've finally started to get a little bit more of a a ebb and flow to this Reds roster uh, with a week to go in large part because Votto's back and looks like he should be ready to go for opening day and everything's falling in place around him. Um, I guess let's just take a, a a large uh, step back look at what the position players look like on this current roster. And what do we know? Like, do we know anything? Is there a single person out there that we really feel like we know what they're going to do this year? Like, I don't I don't think I've
1: ever had nobody that I have any idea
0: what they're going to do before. And I literally I mean, have
1: no, no idea what anyone is going to do this maybe, year. maybe the aforementioned Kirk Casale is probably the, the closest. <laughs> like, you know, you you can pretty much count on, you know, what he gives you. But, you know, I, I think there's question marks pretty much throughout the whole roster, you know, yeah. really.
0: Yeah, like, like Kirk is going to give you about a 740 OPS and about 190 at bats, right? Like, got cool, right? He's we got a, that. He's a backup catcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a back, <laughs> but he's a backup catcher who has a backup, and Luke Maley also. So we don't know exactly how that's going to work. Who's going to be in the the personal catchers for any of the uh, the, the trio of talented young starters? um are, what are your thoughts on Joey Vada this year? Maybe we start there. What, what can we expect from Joey? In his swan song season.
2: Yeah. um, You know, it's funny. Like, I was trying to – I mean, I've been so, like, out of tune with what the Reds have been doing in the spring and stuff um, up until, like, the last, like, week, I guess. But, you know, it's funny. The night he smokes a, you know, 110-mile-an-hour double off the wall, I'm, I'm, like, sitting here, like, trying to put some notes together and stuff and saying, like, it's probably going to be pretty tough to expect – the production that we've gotten from him coming off a road hitter cuff surgery at, uh, you know, almost age 40, you know, and it's just like, I have no idea what to expect from him. Like we've, if he's been playing this hurt for the last few years and now he's finally healthy, then I'm like, okay, great. Let's, you know, let's hope we get back to that at least somewhere close to that 2017, 2018 production. But again, he's also almost 40 years old. So, you know, any normal 40 year old coming off a rotator cuff surgery isn't going to be as strong as they used to be. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I have no idea, you know, if, what his power is going to look like, um, at least on a consistent basis, you know, he's obviously going to run into some balls like he did tonight, but, um, but yeah, it's, I'm interested to see that. And I, I mean, I hate to say that because it is his last year and it's like, we've seen, so much of what Joey Votto can do, like just how consistent he's been over his career, but man, that's a tough surgery to come off of, uh, you know, at that age. Um, yeah. you just shoulders are, are difficult for baseball players. And I mean, at least it's not his throwing shoulder. Um, and, you know, obviously it being a first baseman that's less of an impact, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's trying to get a lot of power from that, mm-hmm. from, from that left side. And, and yeah, it's going to be hard to do. So um, I mean, if there's someone that can do it, you know, I I would not count Joey Votto out. But yeah, at that age, yeah, yeah, I have no idea what to expect from him.
1: Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up, though, about it being his last contract season. Because I I, I think that that is something that you know Reds fans in general really haven't thought about at all since <laughs> basically since he came up, you know, because he got that really long-term deal, you know, really early on in his, his career as a red. So it was like, you know, I, it, it, I think we'll start seeing the question this year. And I think that that is going to definitely be a subplot of this season with Joey Votto.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's no shifting this year or limited shifting. I, I should say you're still allowed to shift a little bit, but you still have to have players on opposite sides of the second base and whatnot. And you can't have them in the outfield. How much of that is going to be potentially a rebound help for him this year? Um, We have no idea what what baseball is going to do with the balls this year. Obviously (laughs) they were, they were juiced as hell in 2021. He figured it out and started changing his swing to approach it that way. Hit 36 home runs and look like the Joey Votto. We always knew Um, how well is he going to be able to adjust to all of that on top of um, a shredded bicep and a rotator cuff and all the other things he He looks kind of spry. Like he doesn't look like he's like favoring things right now Um, in very limited sample that we've seen so far in the spring. But I think it's pretty clear that like, he's not he's not riding off in the sunset this year, just because it's his last guaranteed year in a contract. And I think given who he is as a player and who he's always been as a player and a person, I think there's going to be a little bit of chip on his shoulder this year uh oh, yeah. to where you know he's not just going to ride it out and then nobody's going to offer him a contract in the winter and then he he retires i i think he wants to play beyond this year um i know he wants to play beyond this year and he knows he's going to have to perform to be able to get a contract to do that uh so the question's going to very much be like how you know what what that does to fuel the already incredibly competitive fire that is Joey Vado uh and how that propels him going forward but um i think it's uh It's it's probably the biggest early season storyline for the Reds. Um, You know, we're going to have uh, we're we're going to provide what can he provide and how quickly? I mean, he's made a pretty good habit, not a habit on purpose, but he's not been the the quickest of starters over the last half dozen years. Um, You know, how how quickly can he pick it up and get it going before all the questions start coming down about you know, is he done? And did the surgery do him in? And this is his last year. Is he going to retire? Is he going to retire? Is he going to retire And all? All those questions are going to flood in. You know, he comes out the first two weeks of the season and socks, three or four home runs and, and walks more than he strikes out. A lot of that will shut up pretty quickly, I think. Um, But he's going to have a very short window to be able to, to, to kind of set that narrative before it begins to seep in. And for a Reds club that doesn't look like it's going anywhere at all this year, um, you know, Spencer Steer is probably gonna start at third base this year to begin the season, but you know, quote unquote, their their best top prospects are still all gonna be in the minors. Nobody's breaking camp with, with the club. You know, Elliot de La Cruz is gonna be up at some point, hopefully in July, maybe. Um, there's an early season window where what Votto is and how this team kind of finds itself is it's gonna be a big story. And so how quickly he can hit the ground running, I think, is important. Um, and uh if if for no other reason that I don't want him to have to have a microphone in his face after every single plate appearance. You know, is this the one? Did you, you feel like you still have it? Are you going to retire after this year? Like all that crap that, you know, he's just trying to work himself back into game shape. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how all of that develops because, well, let's be honest. If the Reds decide not to go three and 22 to start a season, it'll also take a lot of the pressure off of Joey Votto. So hopefully they can win right. some damn games to start this season and, and not have all the uh, the writing me on the wall. So. Um, I guess beyond Joey, we we can look at some of the other defining characteristics of uh, what looks like the continually evolving opening day roster. Uh, We got some more injury updates today. Uh, None of them really good, but some of them pretty defining about what we can expect for opening day. It sounds like Lucas Sims and Luke Weaver are both going to miss the start of the season. So you've got one of the very precious few guaranteed free agent contracts that were given out this winter in and, and Luke Weaver, now out of the, the open day rotation. Lucas Sims, one of the guys who you hoped you'd have back to help bolster a bullpen that was miserable last year and that got no guaranteed contract money given to it this winter. He's going to be out alongside TJ Antone. So we've now got TJ Antone, Lucas Sims, Tony Santion all out to start the year from the bullpen perspective. Uh, Luke Weaver's out. Uh, Justin Dunn's out for longer than Luke Weaver. Um the pitching staff's starting to look a little top heavy. And I say top heavy not because it's got Luis Castillo, Sunday Gray, and Tyler Malley uh cemented atop of it. It's got three guys who were all rookies last year that were kind of just banking on being like good and known quantities at this point because behind them, both in the rotation and in the bullpen, uh holy shit, there's some question marks, man. Um or what are your thoughts on uh Cincinnati Reds pitching right now considering it's not exactly been a strong suit of theirs to begin with and uh who's left doesn't exactly look super formidable anymore <laughs>
2: um yeah uh you know with i mean i guess there's Alexis Diaz um you know fresh fresh off the World Baseball Classic uh, uh the Mets the bullpen, don't trade for him you know
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. right. yeah yeah
2: exactly uh <laughs> Yeah. Um, man, this is, it's not great. Um, you know, we, obviously we've got Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo who have had good springs. Um, you know, Graham Ashcraft had a, had a decent season last year, but man, after that, you know, we've got Luis Cesa who hasn't, I think last season was his first season in the rotation since 2018. And Something you know, he's like got that, like yeah. a four, five ERA, uh, as a, as a starter, where he's been much more effective out of the bullpen in his career. Um, I mean, he's right now he's plugging in as our fourth starter. So, and then, um, you know, we've got uh, like, like Chase Anderson in there and uh, Brandon Connor Houston, Overton,
1: so. I think, is probably yeah. going to be in the mix. Which, yeah. You know, um, he oof. will lead innings, but you're not going to get good innings necessarily.
2: Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy to man. be thinking
1: about the, that in March and April. Right. It's like he, yeah. he's a guy that, you know, if he's in your rotation in September, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, if that guy's somebody with that kind of resume is breaking camp with you and uh, you're you know expecting a lot out of, um, you know, it's going to be a long season.
0: Right. And let's yeah, be honest I mean, here. I, I, I said the, the, the three guys who were rookies last year, that's a pretty lump sum statement there. Um, like that—that could be that could be twelve runs of wins above replacement between Graham Ashcraft and Hunter Green and and Nick LaDolo. They're very good guys who were rookies last year, but yeah. At the same point, you have to say you know, a they were rookies last year. They're all pre-arb guys who are in their early twenties. Like you want them to be the anchors of the next good Reds team. So you're not going to try to push them to like 210 innings this year just to get through the season. If you're already scaling back the three guys that you know you have. Where where do you where do you turn after this? You know, there's there's no Scott Feldman sitting around here like hoping you soak up 200 innings there. You're not bringing back Bronson Arroyo, um, and on top of that, whereas the position player prospects on the farm are all ready and bubbling to come up and take jobs, there's not a whole lot on the pitching side that's really "quote unquote" ready right now. I mean, Brandon Williamson, we hope, is, but he didn't look really like it in the spring. He had a tremendous opportunity to seize the job and didn't do it. Um, Andrew Abbott looks like he's got a lot of talent in that left arm also, but still hasn't reached triple a yet. We're, we're hoping he's something, but like to just assume that they're going to jump right in and just take the reins and run with it. Like that's still five incredibly young arms that you're asking to like get through an entire 162 game season. right? Um, like, yeah. I feel like the Reds are like two like big innings eaters away from like just stomaching the season, and those guys aren't around. I don't. I honestly don't know where they're going to go for innings right now.
1: Well, right, because the one the one guy that you got kind of for that purpose in Luke Weaver is going to start the season on the DL, IL. Right. So yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> and and even then, you know, the last time Luke Weaver threw over a hundred innings in a
0: season. I do. It was with the Cardinals. What? It was three organizations ago. Oh, yeah,
2: 2018. Yeah. So, yeah. like, even then, like, he threw 35 uh, innings last year, and they were all out of the bullpen. I think he maybe made one yeah. start last season. Yeah, yeah. so, so we've got relievers
0: from starters, like, and Luis Sessa, who threw two innings with Team Mexico. It was like, I gotta get out of here, because I gotta get stretched out for the season. Like, that's yeah. your number Maybe four they starter? just have,
1: they, they just make their uh, pitching staff 14 relievers, just you know, no starters, just uh just vibes, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, speaking of, yeah. speaking of the
0: world baseball classic, uh, I do believe Alex Bandino is currently still unsigned. So if he really wants to work on that, uh yeah. um, oh, I love it. He, might he, be, he, he could be so the third starter season. by next week. Seriously. So yeah, it's just it's you know, of all the of all the things that the Reds have done and committing to seasons beyond twenty twenty three is probably the most polite way I can put it. <laughs> Um, the fact that they didn't just like, you know, uh, put it this way. When you go out and you drink beer and you know, you got to get up and do something the next morning, what do you do? You throw a bunch of bread and uh, potatoes and anything you possibly can in your stomach before you go to bed. So when you wake up the next day, like it's been consumed and you feel a lot better and you're not worse off for it. Right. Right. We've all been there. We know this. It's like the Reds didn't do any of that. <laughs> you know, they've they got carb lean and they need carbs in the worst way just to literally stomach the innings. They just need something to consume innings so that their best pitchers, their best, best and brightest young pitchers aren't hung out to dry throughout the course of the season. And I literally just I – mean, we're going to see Chase Anderson pitch 170 innings this year It's
1: right. kind of what it looks and like. And that's right – I mean, and yeah, if you look at, like, you know, I you use the example with those – with the three kind of second-year guys, um, you know – Hey, like, it'd be awesome if they, we got, you know, 12 wins above replacement from those guys, but what happens if, you know, they start the season and they're collectively one win above replacement or, yeah. you know, less than that, right. It's like, it it could go South really quickly. And you, you would love the luxury of being able to kind of send a guy down to Louisville to work on some stuff and, you know, but the reds aren't going to have that because they don't have the guys waiting in the wings at this mm-hmm. point. And
0: yeah.
1: yeah, like, I feel like these are conversations that, you know, even when the reds aren't good, we don't have these conversations until August, August and September mm-hmm. where we're having this before the season. Yeah. 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 I mean,
2: <laughs> and we're talking and about like, the guys to also. Mention- Sorry, Arf, go ahead. Hunter Green and Nick Ladolo missed a, you know a decent amount of time last year with injuries. Like it's yeah. and it's not a guarantee right. that they're gonna get yeah. get through I this. I can't whole season
1: imagine unscathed. both of those guys making, you know, thirty something starts. Like it that would be really surprising.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds <laughs> like the Cincinnati Reds probably aren't gonna be quite as exciting this year as the world baseball classic was. Um
1: oh yeah. Yeah, I will I, say
0: I I'm I, I watching, I, I watching Graham Ashcraft. I'm watching Graham Ashcraft pitching to the top of the sixth right now, uh, with no runs on the board against an admittedly very threadbare San Diego Padres lineup because all of their players were playing in the World Baseball Classic this spring. Um, I like the talent they've got there. Like they've got good pieces, specifically in the starting rotation, and if if the reds are going to surprise this year and by surprise i don't mean they're going to you're going to look up in may and they're 13 games over 500 and leading the central i mean that they're not 13 games under 500 and didn't start 3 and 22 it's going to be because they've got three incredibly talented very very good and promising young arms kind of leading the rotation and um that's cool there are there are cool good pieces on this reds team And that's why we're all going to still watch. It's not like they're, they're, they're terrible and they have nothing on the 26 man roster. Yeah. They've got, they've got a really good, like 15 man roster right now. Like they do. It's just those other 11 spots where you're like, what the hell are they doing here? You
1: know? Yeah. I think that, you know, one thing that like one positive note that I'll say is like, you know, I'm the only one on, on here that is local to Cincinnati. And like, I'm looking forward to going down to the ballpark this summer. And, you know, I tickets are going to be cheap, you know, they'll, they're, you know, there's still tickets for opening day available a week before the season, which is nuts. But, um, you know, but you know, the, the tickets, there's going to be things to watch with this team that make me excited to go down to the ballpark and see them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I don't even get Valley Ohio or any of that. So like, I, that's really going to be the best way for me to watch the Reds this year is actually in person. Uh, And, you know, but I'm excited to watch Hunter Green pitch. I'm excited to see Nick Lodolo. I want to see Ellie when he comes up. I, you know, I want to see what Jonathan India can do. Tyler Stevenson could stay healthy. Like there's, I mean, Joey Votto, right? Like there are lots of pieces here that will be exciting to follow and exciting to watch. Mm Um but, you know, it's really just the – I think that the cynicism, you know, on our part really comes from the lack of direction and strategy behind the other, you know, 15 spots on the roster.
0: Exactly. Like if we're going to watch Chase Anderson pitch every fifth day and Kevin Newman starting at shortstop and Chad Penders in left field and Luke Bailey's behind the plate, and then five days later it's the same thing, like that's, that's going to get really old really quick. Because it doesn't have to be that way. Um, on right. the other days, there's going to be a lot of promise for sure. Uh, I, I will give the Reds some benefit of the doubt as we kind of try to wrap up here. Um, it can't be worse than last year, I don't think. There aren't lumbering old, gigantic contract sluggers that can't stay on the field. Um, there is promise at a lot of the spots for sure. And nobody can be more injured than the Reds were last year. I mean, everybody was hurt last year. Jonathan India was decimated. Tyler Stevenson decimated. Joey Votto decimated by injuries. Um, You got to think that at least some of that's going to regress. Jake Fraley was hurt last year. Um, Will Myers wasn't on the Reds last year, but was also hurt last year. Like some of that is going to have to be better this year than last year. Jose Barrero was coming off a major wrist surgery all of last year. and was terrible. You know, some of those are going to be much, much better this year. If a couple of them are better this year, it's going to start shining a whole new light on things. And that's that's the optimism. That's what we're all looking forward to. It sucks that we're going to have to wait another year to find out if that's something worth building around or not, as opposed to being optimistic about that and also having a, a actually legitimate Major League Baseball team to root for in the meantime. But fact is, the fifteen to sixteen good pieces of their twenty six man roster that we are looking forward to watch watching this year, um, there's excitement there. There is. There there very much is. And so hopefully that's enough to kind of carry the Reds through. Um and once again, I'll just reiterate, just don't start three and twenty-two. You know, just get, right. get us to get us to mid-May or June where we're not like the talk of how bad baseball has become in towns like Cincinnati because uh, just give her, give us a glimmer of hope, and the fans will begin to start rallying around that. I, I guarantee that. So, yeah. Um, I guess I'll just I'll wrap this up with a little bit of a uh, uh, insight on where we are going with with Walks Will Hunt. Um, this should be our first official published podcast with the Fans First Sports Network, which we're excited to join up. It's a bunch of podcasts that basically used to be affiliated with a lot of the SB Nation sites uh both baseball, uh uh football, basketball, hockey, soccer, all all across the sporting spectrum um that kind of got cut loose by Vox and Espionation over the last uh couple months have banded together to put together this new Fans First Sports Network and we're excited to be a part of it as as kind of representatives of the Cincinnati Reds in that regard. And we're looking forward to uh tweaking our coverage to kind of bring you um uh, podcasts about where the Reds are, both of the majors and the minors uh, where Joey Votto is and his kind of transition towards um, potential free agency and where he might go in his last guaranteed year as a member of the Cincinnati Reds, um, it's a, it's a, it's a new avenue for us uh, in the audio realm, and we're pretty excited to, to to kind of jump into that. But this is our first official one with that as walks will haunt. So, kind of keep an eye out on where we where we go with this. We'll have kind of evolving updates as they go. Um, but we're excited to kind of uh, uh, get this started as as the red season gets started here in the next week also. So um, thanks for tuning in. I'm Wick. Uh, I'm your host here and I appreciate you joining us on Walks Will Hunt for BK and for Mitchell Clark, also known as the Arkansas Reds fan. I keep calling him Arf. I should probably explain that at the start. Sorry, Arf. Um, thank you for joining us. And we'll look forward to having you around this time next week. Thanks y'all.